feeling alone. Feel like the world has left you behind. <laughs> All alone and broken hearted. Trying to calm the raging battle in my mind. In search of many essences that my troubled soul just couldn't seem to find. I saw a flower blooming, there was no rain or sunshine. In my valley, you can watch him bloom all the time. I found the lily in my valley. I found strength when I was warm. I found a place to leave my burdens. I found refuge from the storm. Place where I can leave my dark skies in a rate of sunshine. Found the leaf in my valley. You can bloom all the time. So if you're alone and brokenhearted and you just can't seem to find peace of mind You're searching many answers but your troubles are getting worse all the time My Lord Just lift your hands to Jesus He'll break the tie that binds You'll find your lily in the valley And you can watch him bloom all the time He's a lily in your valley He's the strength when you're worn He's the place to leave your burden He's a refuge from the storm. Place where you can leave your dark skies in a rays of sunshine. My Lord, found a lily in your valley. Watch him bloom all. I just feel like singing this one more time, praise God. All alone and brokenhearted, trying to calm the raging battle in your mind. In search of many answers that your troubled soul just couldn't seem to find. I saw a flower blooming. Come on, Holy Ghost. So sunshine. And I like this part. And I knew not that this flower would change the rest of my life. 
when I was born. I found a place to leave my burdens, my God. I found refuge from the storm. Place where I can leave my dark skies in a race of sunshine. Found the lily in my valley. Watch him bloom all the time. I found the lily in my valley. I found strength when I was born. I found a place to leave my burdens. I found refuge from the storm. A place where I can leave my dark skies in a rays of sunshine. Found the lily in my valley. Watch him bloom all the time. God's a good God, amen. Amen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make a noise, anyhow. <laughs> Man, I tell you what, we're going to go on the other side in a minute, but I want to share something before we go. You know that verse, that, that verse in that song where he says, I knew not this flower would change the rest of my life. Man, I'll, I'll preach. <laughs> when I was going to a devil's hell, when darkness compassed me about and I knew that I would, I would die and, and face eternal judgment, God gave his son, sent his son to die on a cross. Listen, I look at Calvary. I don't see that beautiful, glaring light. I see death. I see the cross as a place of judgment. Oh, my. <laughs> a place where death had to happen so you can live. It wasn't a glamour of light that came out of the back of the cross like you see many of these artists, artists make it to be. It was death and judgment for sin. What Christ paid on our behalf. Brother, if we don't see that, if we can't get a hold of that, if Christ is not the center of your life, you're not, you're just religious. You don't have a relationship with Jesus. I'm trying to preach that as I go, as, as the Lord's been putting it on my heart. It's about Jesus, Brother Kerry. It's about what he did at Calvary. 2,000 years ago. It's about the, the life that he gave for us. Yes. He was nailed with my nails. Those thorns were my thorns. That beating he took was my beating. And you know, I think about it a lot. You know, I can't imagine in my mind what my Lord went through going to Calvary, his flesh torn off of his body. I mean, I mean, you could about imagine the agony. On top of that, with the weight of the world, sins upon his shoulders. 
And to know that he died in that place. Listen, I'm going to get a little personal. It was Fellaini, okay? <laughs> it was my sins he died for. I know it's the world's sins. But when you start seeing it a personal thing like this, you say, God, you would have died if it was just for me. My God, hallelujah, you'd have died if it was just my sins because you loved me. That's why we're here today. Praise God. Hello. Um, like uh, Pastor said, my, my name's Carrie. In Pakistan, um, I, they had, I got an adopted name there for I don't know how it happened it just kind of happened my name's Kerry James Lacoste Jr. but in Pakistan they call me Pastor Kerry James uh, I don't believe I'm a pastor uh, I'm, I'm an evangelist uh, there we go looking for my page one I was flipping through a few minutes ago this is my wife Erica uh, she travels with us there and my, my youngest daughter Maya I have two other daughters that one is 25, and she's married. Um, they live in rain. And then we have a second daughter who still lives at home. She's going to be 23 next month, just in a few days. Um, her name is Madison. Um, both my older daughters that doesn't like the idea that we travel out of the country. Uh, they, they fuss about it a little bit. Um, but all this started back probably in 2016 or 17. Um, I'm not going to get into too many details because I don't want to make anybody mad. But all of it started because of someone coming to me and saying that she wanted to get Bibles for people and give them to them so they can learn about Jesus. And so we did. And we handed out Bibles. She made a list. And the list grew, and it shrunk, and it grew. Because every month we would buy either the children's Bibles, the crossfire Bibles, the, the leather edition, whatever we could, wherever we had extra money, we would buy Bibles, and we would give them to. We started off with friends and family, and then others, people we came across. And over time, we were able to get, instead of paying 50 and $30 a Bible, we can now, those Bibles that y'all have, in here, the uh, pick it up, Maya. We can actually get those Bibles for either fourteen dollars a piece or free. So, depending on when we call and ask or email and ask if we what we tell them it's for. I just got for YCP, which is the youth program National Guard puts on for like troubled teens or whatever to help them get their GED. Um, we got three hundred plus Bibles, New Testaments to bring to them in the. I'm not sure when we're going to go. We have to plan that trip. But the Bible ministry has grown. That's me and my wife and my, our family's ministry. Um, but we'll talk more about Pakistan in a few minutes. I want to pray first, and then I want to read a few scripture. Um, I had a message all nice and neat and ready and good notes. And I went to bed. I was going to, about to go to bed last night. And I got out of bed, went and get something to drink about one o'clock this morning, and that all went to the, to the, to the trash can, pretty much. Um, I told him that I had actually two. I wasn't sure which, which direction.
But when it started, I know what direction. <laughs> um, but let, let me pray first, and then I'm going to read some scripture. Heavenly Father, Lord, I ask you for your help, Lord. I ask you for your anointing, Lord, on me and everyone in this building, Lord, to, to hear, Lord, to see, and for me to speak your word that you have given me, Lord. Lord, I thank you for the cross, Lord. I thank you for all that you accomplished for, for each one of us, Lord. And I just ask you for help in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask you to bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. First, we're going to go to Mark chapter 16, 15 and 18, of course. <laughs> um, and, it, and he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And he who believe and is baptized shall be saved, but he who believe not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them who believe. In my name shall they cast out devils, they shall speak with other tongues, they shall take up serpents, and if, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They, they shall... Lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. One year ago, this December, we were here. The week before, the Lord instructed me that I was supposed to, before I, st every time I st stood behind a pulpit, I was supposed to read that scripture. It may just be for me. It could be for someone here. And then I'm supposed to talk about this. This list was really long when I first started. And I'm going to tell you where, where it's at now. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Savior. Jesus Christ is Baptizer. Jesus Christ is coming soon. That list was a lot longer than that. A lot longer. And this is who Christ is. This is what we're, this is what we're to preach to every creature. Jesus Christ is Lord. Jesus Christ is Savior. Jesus Christ is Baptizer. Jesus Christ is coming again soon. The disciples, all they knew, the first church, all they knew, and they believed that it would happen in their lifetime, that Jesus died on the cross, he rose, and he was coming back, and they believed that was happening in their lifetime. That's what they believed. That's what they preached. That's what they preached. That's what they, they went out and they told people. They didn't tell people. They didn't go out preaching healing. They went out preaching Jesus. They didn't go out preaching deliverance. They were preaching Jesus. And when they preached Jesus, healings happened. Deliverance happened. All these things happened. We, people got saved. People say they get blessed. I say it's favor. And favor ain't fair. I stole that from my pastor. Favor is not fair. Favor of God is not fair. I didn't do nothing to get it, but he gives it to me. The, the message I had that I was going to share, I titled it The Standard. And if, if you, on your paper that you have for your thing, whenever you're going to get uh, Ezekiel chapter 47, it talks about a standard, a measurement, a standard, the gospel. The gospel we should be preaching, that, that standard, Christ. You know, and we preach that. And things happen because the gospel is not just the good news. You know, we say the gospel is the good news. But if you hear the gospel preached and your life is not changed, 
Was it really good news? Was it really good news or was it somebody preaching in their flesh or telling you something in their flesh? So that's what I was thought I was supposed to talk on. Then, like I said this morning, and I'm walking from our bedroom, which we walk through our living room, into our kitchen to get me a glass of orange juice. And I got these few words. And, it, and, it, and, it, and I knew where it came from, but I had to go find it, of course, and read it again. Get behind me, Satan. That's what I heard. Immediately thought of when Jesus made that statement to Peter. So I went read the scripture in, in two accounts in Matthew chapter 16, 23 and Mark chapter 8 and 20, 33. Jesus told Peter that. But right before that, Jesus told his disciples that he was going to have to go to Jerusalem and he was going to have to suffer and he was going to have things were going to have to happen to him and he would die and he would he would rise three days later. That's that's what he had just told him. And Peter, Peter didn't understand that. He didn't understand that. And he, he didn't want that to happen to his his Lord. I mean, he considered, because before that, a couple chapters, Jesus asked him who he was, asked him who he thought they were. And he said, Christ, the Christ. That's what Peter said. So Peter had a pretty good understanding of who Jesus was at that time. He didn't understand it fully, but he knew he was the Christ. Peter didn't understand it. Even the devil didn't really understand Calvary. The devil did everything in his power to lead people, lead mankind, lead the word, the world, for Jesus to be killed on that cross. But he thought he was just being killed. He didn't know he was laying down his life. He didn't have that understanding of that. And now, Satan understands that because he knows but he's doing everything in his power, everything in his being, manipulating people, governments, everything to take Jesus out of it. You can talk about God. You can talk about a higher power. You can talk about um, just about any other God in any other type of religion. And you're probably okay. But the second you meet Jesus, say Jesus, you have some problems. That's when people are going to start doing things similar to what happened to Christ. And this is how I know, because a lot of this was talked about earlier. Brother and my brother here I had brought out and I pulled out my thing. I was like, I hope I put that in them notes because I, I want to show them after they talked about half of my notes. And, uh, and this was like one o'clock in the morning last night. In Matthew 24 and 13, Jesus said, he, he that shall endure unto the end, thou, they shall be saved. In Matthew 24, around verse 9, Jesus said, Christians will be hated and put to death all around the world because of me. And would they tell people about me? 
because of what I have done. That's, that was about 1.15 this morning, and I'm sitting on the couch with my phone, trying to type in them notes and speak the notes in there. In tears, everyone else in my house is sleeping. And when I said that out loud, even my dog jumped up. <laughs> he jumped up. He was in the corner by the TV, and he came right at my feet. And I didn't even realize that he was there, but he, I heard him snoring not long before that. We are to endure. We, we will endure many, many things as being a Christian. From God, the things we will endure are great and wonderful. From mankind, from the world, from people that we work with, and I'll say this from myself, most of my family, I have things that I have to endure because my family reject the gospel. Um, they belong to a different religion that doesn't speak believing by faith or being saved by faith. It's all by works. And we can, we can work for the Lord, and I believe we are supposed to work for the Lord. But we don't, work, we don't do those works, we don't do those things for the Lord because it was birthed in our mind. Because if we do, we're in our flesh. We're dealing with with ourself and, and but if it's birthed by the Holy Spirit in us, it will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. We go through trials and tribulations. So we can, oh yeah, <laughs> I was reading it, but I need to say this. <laughs> this was something else I got a couple days ago. I didn't even know what it was for, and I ended up putting it in here, and I didn't realize I did. So why do we go through trials and tribulations? Why do we go through the fire, the purifying fire? Why do we go through all that? You know, we talk about the fire of God, and we think about the Holy Spirit falling, we get Goosebumps, and we, we, we laugh and cry at the same time because we're, we're excited. Um, we read scripture. It says we're supposed to praise God and worship God and be joyous in every part of our life. But can, do we have joy? Do we, do we praise God when we're going through a trial or a tribulation? It's hard to sometimes. But when we do that, Romans chapter 5 speaks on that. When we do that, that builds endurance. We have endurance because we know the things that we have been through already. I mean, I think about where I came from before I was saved. I was lost. I was in the world. Just about having a failed marriage and the Lord has totally restored that in a, such a short amount of time. Call me to ministry. Call me to the country of Pakistan to share the gospel with a country with 97% Muslims about 3% other religions, and roughly about 3 million Christians just in the city of Lahore, Pakistan. If, I, if my numbers are right, I think they are. Why do we go through those trials? Why do we go through those tribulations? And you, you said it earlier. 
and you said it perfect, and I laughed when you said it. You said that we have to see. We have to see. Before we got saved, everyone in this place has heard the gospel in some form or way. You heard about Jesus. You heard he died on a cross. You heard all the things that he done it for or, or some. But you, have ne you never accepted it. And you could not accept that until God showed you the understanding of that. Got you in a place where you were open to I don't like to use this word, but I'm going to use it. But he gave you the revelation, the under, a revelation, the understanding of what Jesus did in a small or big way. Because most of us, when we got saved, we just understood it this much. Because there's so much more. We have a lifetime to learn the rest. But until we seen ourselves and understood and seen that we were with him on the cross, we wasn't saved. Until we understood and seen that we were put in that tomb with him. We were on his mind. Yes, sir. Until we seen and understood when he rose, we rose a new creation, a new creature. We did not, we did not understand that. We rejected it, most likely. I did. I thought I understood about Jesus. I knew he was a savior. My problem was I didn't think I needed a savior. I thought I could do it on my own. And I tried to for a long time. And it got... It got me in some pretty rough situations. But until we can see, and so we go through, yes, we are Christian, we're living for God, we walk in, walk by faith, we have all of God's armor on, we're standing, but most of us have our sword tucked away. Most of us have our sword Maybe not even in our hand. So we don't have the full armor on. The sword is the word of God. How often do you swing that sword in your life? How often do you, you swing that sword at your job? How often do you swing that, store, that sword in your home at your family? How often? How often? No, we're not all called to be a preacher, but we're all called to spread the gospel. How do we spread the gospel? There are many ways through the word. Mm -hmm. You can spread by, by sh the word. You can help people. You can pray for people who are out there, pastors, evangelists, missionaries. You can help send them out. There was something. I hope I put it in here. If not, I'm still going to talk about it. Yeah. What can we do to spread the gospel? That's a question. Another question I have, that's all we hear on the first page I want to ask you. Why do you believe what you believe? Remember that question. Think about it from time to time. What price do you value your soul? What kind of price do you have on your soul? I know the price that Jesus put on my soul. He went to the cross for it. I know that. What, what price do you value on any soul you come across? What will you do for that person, that individual? 
sometimes we have to lessen lessen ourselves and value others more than we value ourselves to be able to spread the gospel. Yes, sir. In Pakistan, we, this is where I wanted to go, we, it's hard. We're there for this long. But there are pastors in Pakistan, there are teachers in Pakistan that stay there every day, and we're going to show you pictures of that in a little while, and they preach the gospel. They preach it in the streets. They preach it everywhere they go. There are things that they have to deal with by doing that. But they are the, I mean, I look at myself, the comforts of America. You know, when I leave here, I'm going to my home. I got running water, electricity, four-bedroom house, two bathrooms. Hey, it's comfortable. I got a car to drive home. Most of these people don't have vehicles. We've seen people in Pakistan, their home consists of a, about an eight-foot brick wall, about six-foot high, and a tarp leading on one side and a dirt floor. That's their home. That's where they live in Pakistan. Some, not all, some. We're talking about Christians now. We're not talking about Muslims. The Muslims live better than we live here in Pakistan. Because it is a Muslim country, and it's a caste system government, and all the government is Muslim. All the military is probably 99% Muslim. You do have some military that aren't. But the question again, what price do you put on someone else's soul? Do you, do you take the time to share Jesus with someone? Do we touch the world with the gospel? But I can promise you, every believer... Is supposed to touch the world with the gospel in some way. But most of us are not being obedient. After I got saved, I knew in a very short time, I'm going to say within a year, that I would be traveling outside of this country and telling people my story. And helping them in any way I could. But I ran from that until I stopped running. I didn't want to do that. I didn't want to stand behind a pulpit and show people my, who I am, show who, who, who I was. Because sometimes you have to tell who you were. Because you have to lessen yourself so someone will listen to you. Not morally, but physically lessen yourself so that someone will hear you. Spiritually, never lessen yourself. Christ didn't lessen himself. So... Before we go next door, I ask you to ask yourself and be in prayer about three things. Are you the one who prays for those who go? Are you the one, the ones, are you the ones that send the ones that go? And are you the one that goes? You never know. You, you could be running from a calling that you don't even know because you don't want to hear it. I know people in ministry live for God, but just because, and they, they may not supposed to go places, but they will not travel just because they won't get on a plane. You know, and running from God. 
So the question is, again, the questions are, are you the, are you the ones who pray for those who go? Are you the one who sends the one that goes? Or are you the one that goes? For me and my wife, my pastor, and a handful of other people, many other people, but just the ones I know, we go. But guess what? Huh? I know. We go. But also, I know other people who go. So we pray. And I know other people who go and we support. We send them. So I believe every Christian in some small way is supposed to do all three. You may only be going to the corner or the grocery store, but you're going somewhere. (laughs) So, but the, the main thing that I wanted to make sure that I got through here today is sometimes we have to lessen ourselves to that person that's laying on a grave at whatever time in the morning to approach them and say, hey, are you okay? Do you know Jesus? And what happens? <laughs> uh, just, that just popped in my head. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes, sometimes that's what we have to do as a believer. But understand, as we endure this life, and Christ endured all that he went through, we'll never endure what he went through. Never, ever. And... He did that for me. He did it for you. Maya, he did it for you. He did it for each one of us in this building. He did it for every person that ever lived on this earth and ever will live on this earth. We talked about something a while ago. You did. The blood. Or was it you? I don't remember. Yeah. The blood, the children of Israel, they were instructed to make a sacrifice and put the blood on the doorposts. The blood doesn't wash away. We accept the gospel. We accept Christ as our Savior. It's not going nowhere as long as we keep believing. We are good. But that's not all there was. There also was some flesh that was on a brazen altar that they were to consume. And whatever they did not consume of that, Sacrifice, the cross, was burnt up by morning. So I thought about your, your Bible study that you handed out. Are you consuming the word of God? Christ is the word, right? That's what scripture says. Are we consuming that sacrifice? Are we consuming every part of Christ? Because the more we have of the sword, the word of God in us, the more of the sword we can share with others. And, and spread the gospel with others. Yes, sir. I, think, I think I'm going to stop there and just leave you with those questions I said earlier. Where you are. Are you the one who prays? Are you the one who sins? Or are you the one that goes? Amen.